Alright. But yeah, like no, real, Simo's, real Simo's snatch like grip, a like waste of snatch stance. Simo just, it's you like, optimize strength. Yeah. Snatch grip or conventional, that's how you actually build strength. Yeah. So. No, I, what you I get stronger. You gave me an inspirational idea. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to do snatch grip sumo deadlifts. That's <laughs> right. really, Johnny Candido has done those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the one who has pioneered that. I was the first to do it. Like, Candido. Damn, How would you do cubes. those? That dude stole my thunder. How would you be stacked? Well, in the stack no, you really wouldn't. Like, you wouldn't. That's not like it's a. It would basically be like a stiff leg conventional, but yeah. I guess it would it still. Would, it would not be sumo. It would still be conventional. That would be weird grip. to do. Like, I'll, I'll figure I, out some I, variation that's never been done before, yeah. just so I get clapped. Maybe I'll blow up to hundred thousand. Like, <laughs> I do yeah. a one arm. No, I'll do a one armed. One arm pause. Sumo, but sumo from behind. Well, just no, sumo, but from behind. They're behind sumo. They do a Jefferson. They do the behind behind. Conventional, yeah. well, they don't do well, it behind Simo. I thought about that That's before. my ticket to clout. To oh, yeah, right I'm here, sorry right. to get there. I'm at 36,000, but, but yeah, I got all you need is a signature change. move. Yeah, right yeah, I just need one video. Yeah. Like a, a hundred pull, less sumo behind the back. No, I mean, people are telling me to get a TikTok. Cause TikTok is just like, I know. apparently oh, it's just a lot of younger kids. But yeah. like, they'll just shit on people. Yeah. Just like in the comments I, section, I it's put, a bunch of You would have 100,000 followers in a week. Just re recycle some of your stuff from yeah, Instagram. So and like, yeah. That's, that's 38. Yeah. Yeah. I posted a couple like a No, you got to post those videos with the beard. <laughs> the Amish beard. The Amish beard back yeah, in the days. That's definitely coming back once I get out next year. But I don't know how it's going to, I'll probably just have the serial killer vibe. Because it's like, I'll have this full on Amish beard. And then I won't have hair anymore because I'm starting to bald around here, so I just am like, I'm cutting it, I'm just shaving. Keeping all the time. it bald, yeah. Yeah, it just, like, I shaved my head last year just because they fucked up my, at the barber, so I'm like, I'm just going to shave my head. And then, then when it started growing back, I just noticed it was substantial, and I was like, whatever, my time has come. I'm 28. And yeah. like, some of you are a bigger dude, like, the people who look weird when they're bald are the guys who are like 150. Just, they just have weird vibe <laughs> yeah. as it is. No, and for they sure. Need, they need the hair to make them yeah. look more pleasant. Yeah. But without the hair, they just look like, yeah. like what? who is that guy? Yeah. 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 Like, is he uh, sick? Are you trying yeah. to kill me? Like, yeah. uh, Julius needs your keys for the shut the back door. Julius needs them? Yeah. They're right over there. I've had all sorts of haircuts. Well, other than that, I yeah. was bald. I was. <laughs> now everyone's good audio wise. Yeah. Yeah, I had the men bun. I had all of them. All right. We're in it, guys. We're, We're talking about haircuts right now oh, yeah. with the yeah. strongest deadlifters <laughs> on the planet. But, yeah, we'll kick it off introducing Dan Grigsby. If you guys don't know him, then you haven't been on Instagram or the Internet. Just pulled 1025, right? Yeah, yeah, 1025. Uh, and that meet, I'm not going to lie, I did a token squad. I did 606, but then I PR'd. I benched 440, which for me was a big deal because at the time I had done like 412 in competition. Yeah. The year – yeah, the year prior. I mean, bench, I'm not going to lie. It's my weakest lift, but I'm slowly figuring figuring stuff out. I mean, my leverages, I'm starting to figure out, like, how it works. Yeah. Some people, like, deadlift is just always clicked for me, whereas bench is just, like, even years and years, it's like I, I tend to try things new too often, and then I never get in the groove of, like, a yeah. certain technique. I'm Switching just, it up too I'm much. just overanalyzing. I'll see a video of, like, wow, I should bench like that, and then I'd start doing it. Then I realized I shouldn't have done that, but then I already – started practicing a totally different kind of like motor pattern yeah. and then i just start from scratch again because i'm like damn it okay back to ground zero i feel like we're all guilty of that from time yeah. to time but <laughs> we also got nabil Yo, young phenom the phenom actually the phenom in the flesh <laughs> the, the phenom flesh. How you, doing? you have that trademark yet uh no but get get that yeah, thumb before somebody takes it and we got roman deadlift specialist I'm pretty sure you helped everyone in our gym learn sumo more efficiently Yes. See you out not, there. And it's not just sumo. It's just not be substandard. Just live life better. Just be better humans. <laughs> so he's just he's a life coach and deadlift specialist. But yeah, it's good to have you guys on. You guys are all from the same area now, right? You all like live For in the general. Yeah. What Virginia? Is it Virginia technically? DC, it's like yeah. DC, DC area. Well, they like call they, it DMV like they say, area. The DMV, yeah. the, the Delaware, DMV. Maryland, Virginia crossroads, like. Because literally 10 miles in any direction where we live, you could be in any of those states. Yeah. But I'm in D.C., Roman's in uh, Virginia. We both also in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like 20 yeah. minutes from the exactly. White House. Exactly, same. So it's like, oh, really? Like it's still all the 20, same. 20 minutes away from each other. Like, yeah. And triangle. you guys all have badass gyms down there. I see you at like the shop, Exile. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the two main ones, right? Yeah, yeah. DMV Exile, Iron. Baltimore, DMV and the shop. Oh, yeah, DMV Iron. That gym's crazy, too. too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so there's, you guys are lucky in that regard. Texas you got some, Playground as well. Yeah. A few, a few good gyms. Yeah. yeah, those are all really good gyms. I've been to – I think I've been to all of them except for uh, Exile. Oh, you got to check it yeah, out. Yeah, I know. You gotta, it's, it's huge. Debo it's was just there. It was a raving about it, so I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, you guys have a lot to offer. 
So, yeah, be good. Talk about Dan's world record. I know you got some thing. You got some competition coming up with uh, Jamal. We got to get into that a little bit. Oh. But <laughs> when does he compete? Do you guys know? Twenty seven, twenty five weeks out. He's twenty five. Yeah, that's a lot. He, he's doing he's in uh, September. He's doing the, it's the uh, USPA. The, Every meet's called the pro mount. I yeah. know there's too Ours, many. I'm doing the American Pro in July, and he's doing. Uh, it's in Kansas City. What's it called? It's the, it was the show, the showdown. The pro series. The, the pro. pro. The cha- pro. Um, man. So all right, call. so you got the pro American. That one's the WRPF one. Yeah. That's the one he's that doing the USPA one. So the USPA one is the one in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to figure out these pro names. They got they, they, they got to fix it up a little bit because there's another much. one in like Cali that's something pro. That's yeah. USPA tested. I, yeah, that's yeah. the USPA tested. You're doing the WRPF. Mm-hmm. And then Jamal's doing USPA, USPA untested, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be interesting. Um, what's his best in a meet, 970? Not 971. 971. Yeah, because that was last year, or year before that. But last year I did 970. And I think in, he did it the hybrid in 2020. or Yeah, that was the hybrid. 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. And to, uh, end of 2019, I think it was. Yeah, COVID, um, last two years have been a blur. Yeah, we, yeah. Right after the yeah. lockdown, as soon as out of lockdown, I think that's when he did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he. You guys competed together though recently, right? It was. It uh, was the showdown last the showdown. year. Showdown. Yeah, they, they actually went neck to neck. Yeah. Were, like, well, one, one after the other. Obviously, he, yeah. he, like, What did he end up doing there? Because I feel like I didn't like see what he finished with. Uh, he squatted. Like I said, this is all blurry because a lot meets in the past. But I know he. I think he bent four seventy, four eighty, and then squatted, squatted close to eight hundred. Yeah, though, like, he does that a lot in training, like, yeah. those similar weights. I mean, he's very consistent. That's the thing as a lifter is being very consistent on meat is obviously ideal. Yeah. Because, you know, some guys will have one good meat, and then for two to three meets, they're, like, hit and miss whether they even compete or they get injured or yeah. they don't even post within 50, 70 pounds of their total or PR, you know. Injury's tough. Yeah. How you stay healthy? Uh, just a lot of, like, prehab stuff, and I'm re- just very good with, like, body awareness like yeah. I, sometimes you know people say i'm like a pansy because it's like if i feel any real discomfort i don't push it and i know in a sport where it's all about being intense and like you gotta like go to the limit like yeah i'm in the marines so like if i if i completely if i rupture a tendon or tear a muscle like it's not it's not gonna go well with my work or like i can't just be like yeah you know i'm strong and i was lifting 800 pounds but then i tore whatever that's I'm out of work for months on end, and they need me every day for my job. So that's not. I have to be smart sometimes with if I feel a certain amount of discomfort, I either dial it back in the weight or the sets intensity. So I still get the work in, and obviously sometimes I go through bumps where I may not progress as much as I'd hope to. But that's I'd rather take a step back than completely two, Blow three, four weeks out. I'm like out of commission because I was just like you know what my pec's really tight, but I'm just gonna bench, and then it just. You know, it cinches up or something. I don't. Yeah. I try to mitigate those kind of situations. Do they got you? Uh, do, like in in the position you're in, what do you do in the Marines? So I'm with the world famous Body Bearers. They're the funeral detail at Arlington National Cemetery for the Marine Corps. So, if your spouse or loved one dies and they they rate to be buried at Arlington and they were a Marine, then well, there's ten guys total on our team. Yeah. But we go we do casket and uh, cremation funerals. And it's just really cool because we give back in a very special way. No, like, yeah, it's, it's, and obviously it's hard sometimes because you're around, like, you know, all the emotions that come with people when you're in times of grieving. Yeah. It's, it's very tough sometimes to deal with that. But the trade-off is knowing you're giving back and, like, giving that loved one, like, their last – that yeah. last send-off. You're doing it the right way. No, yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's, them, it's, it's, you know? Obviously it's a, not the best situation, but, like, the way that the military does it is, like, nothing else. Like, we, oh, yeah. we were – I was at Dover, so we had our, like, specialty unit there that did the, like, burials and, like, the funeral ceremonies. And, like, it's, it's a whole other level of respect, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. really just – because, you know, anything that's ever happened in the last – every war and conflict it's like they had to go through stuff that i can't even comprehend or imagine like i'm not i'm not saying we don't do anything nowadays but it puts it in perspective when you talk to vietnam vets korean vets desert storm guys like over time you know you kind of get in the military you can get complacent and you kind of forget about where you come from you forget about what people in the same position as you went through 5 10 15 years ago they're doing some insane stuff in another country and they you know a lot of conditions that I couldn't imagine being in or going through, and you know they're just talking about it casually. I'm just like, wow, like that's yeah. Yeah, that's insane, you know. 
Did the military, like I know the Marines, like anytime I was around, I'm like, you guys were just running and running and running. What, like, do you guys, are you still, like, do they still like require you to do that PT wise or is it So like, it's, it's scaled back a little bit because our main mission is the funerals and obviously yeah. the loved ones. Are like specialty, team. right? Yeah, but we run on, we run and do cardio on our own time, but it's like, when I was at, I was stationed at Camp Pendleton for my first four years, <laughs> my first enlistment, that's near San Diego, California. And back then I was running a lot, like miles, each week probably 10 to 15 miles worth of running. And, you know, we had a couple guys who were fast in our platoon, so we were running six, seven-minute mile pace every day, and people would fall off. Like, it, we would start all in the same pack, and then we would just string out because it's yeah. just like not everybody's on the same fitness level, but you got to push everybody. And you're not just going to cater to the weakest people, so you got to run mm -hmm. fast enough to where everyone gets a workout. But, yeah, back then my progress was kind of hit and miss. For a few years I didn't really improve because – doing miles a day of running, working 12, 14 hours on my feet. I'm a, I'm a plumber by trade in the Marine Corps. I was technically called water filtration specialist, but basically I compare it to being a plumber. Yeah. yeah, it was very hard on my body. So I was trying to squat or deadlift after basically being up for 16 hours at that point. It was tough. I can't imagine. It's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. We got to actually pop work. this open. Yeah, Look, let's, I forgot. let's, let's taste this. I'm Rome, I see Roman's like staring yeah. us down. Yeah, he's been waiting. <laughs> he's been waiting. <laughs> we got into some stuff. Got to stay hydrated. Let's you know? see here. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Roman. We got uh, Belveni. Mm -hmm. It looks delicious. Age 14 years. Of course. It's it's in a special tube. I don't know. It's, oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Some next level scotch right here. Wow. Let's get this. Get this. No, just moderate. Mid-grade. He says it's mid-grade, but if it comes in a tin like that, it's got to be legit. Yeah. Nabil, sorry. It's all good. We'll let you know yeah, how it tastes. Time. Yeah, it's okay. In a few, in a few no, weeks. you'll smell the essence. Yeah, of it. You'll exactly. get the juice. The, I just you know how scent. people when they do is it wine taste? Like they'll you can just do the like inhalants. Yeah, exactly. You, you gotta inhale the aroma. Exactly. Then, you know, you can just know smell. Know it's good or not. That's when you know you're legit. When you, when you start smelling it before you taste yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'm not even gonna waste <laughs> this bit of alcohol unless it has some sort yeah. of like aroma. Yeah, the aroma from the nose. Nabil, what do you got coming up? Um, like meat wise. Yeah, I have nationals June 8th. So it's gonna be my first USAPL national. So He's making the USAPL Ooh. debut, debut, guys. Man, exactly. Then they won't be able to say anything. Exactly. It's not a deadlift bar. It's a stiff bar. Yeah. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, weight is weight. You just pick okay. it up and drop it, right? And I guess I'm squatting on a power bar, which is kind of easier for me. Um, oh, it's probably got a lot less whip. Like lost, and I'm a, I'm a skinny. Dude. Like I'm, I'm I'm not big, so mm -hmm. you might as having, well try it, David. Having a big. Okay. <laughs> having a squat bar on my back feels awkward, you know? Yeah. Because the weight is sitting it's so out too much. That, like exactly. where your delts lie, that, mm -hmm. that crevice, yeah. it just... I can let that bar... <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he knows him Sheesh. well. <laughs> Here you go, David. Slide this one over. Yes, sir. There you go. Salute. All right, yeah. Cheers, boys. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, you letting me come on. To a nice gym. To a nice... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's smooth. I wow. like that. I feel like, I feel like, what is, it? yeah, all the, like, I feel like <laughs> all the, sco the scotch whiskeys, they got like that smoky aftertaste, right? Is that just like, like a standard? This is definitely a lot lighter than the, uh, what is that, the Lagavin? Lagavin? Mm -hmm. That stuff, it tastes like you're also, drinking it out of a campfire. Of the, that's because of the rum cast. The rum so. cast, got it. The Caribbean cast. So, yeah, that's good. So it's a Caribbean whiskey, huh? Or no? No, it's not. This is it's a Scotch yeah. whiskey, or is it called Caribbean? Cast. The Caribbean. Cask in okay. rum barrels. Okay. They so all have their special casks. Okay. Some are like the barrels oak. they use to mature rum in, okay. they use those to finish those off. So it'll have hints of. Hmm. Yeah. Very nice. It's clean. Crispy. Well, yeah. yeah, we nationals. got so we got nationals, yeah. mega nationals. Why are they call it that? Uh, they change the name every day. Mega, mega nationals. ultra sounds kind of cool. Mega, when you have ultra, seventy-seven ultra. platforms with five thousand lifters, <laughs> yes. you gotta what? say mega. You gotta, you gotta say, say mega. mega. Wait, yeah. it's a so whole week, it's a whole week thing. Yeah. It's like oh. Monday it through Sunday. Like, Usually USAPL Nats is always the biggest. I remember, like at least a few years ago, it was five platforms. Wow. So it's pretty damn yeah, big. USAPL Nats is like Fast and Furious. Yeah, you know how much money level they make yes. out of it? It's 160, 170 bucks for like per person for sign ups. Yeah, for yeah, one, one, God. and that's a whole week thing. No, it's like you were also saying, 
So of course, they, they're gonna have like big, a lot of platforms, like a big event. Charging for for the simplest things to even just get back there and see see what you, what your lifter is doing. I'm not gonna or you lie, have to charge, yeah. You have to pass through. While like, we're talking about this. USAPL, I'm tired of you robbing my ass. Every <laughs> USAPL Nationals I show up, I drop like $200 on coaching passes. Oh my like God. Like they don't do like the week pass. They, no. they, I think, I, now, I think they did back like years and years ago, but the last few years I've went, every day it's like 20 or even $40. It's already, paid, it's already yeah. happened. I've, I've, I'm a I've, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring my own, bring I, my I, own bracelet. I remember what color is it today? To, um, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. Red? What was it? The state championship? Last year in uh, Ashburn, yeah. it was fifty bucks to get in, just to get in. Wow. Um, fifty dollars. I'm pretty crazy. sure for the pro this year, like I had a Masters Pro when they did the first like Pro Series event, it was a hundred dollars. Wow. Luckily, my lifter was kind enough to pay it because like I didn't even realize she's like oh, I already got you, mm -hmm. but a hundred dollars to handle That's a lifter. Outrageous. Might as well just did, right. did the damn meet. Like, it comes down to like financial. What's better? Would you rather do? You, are you investing in the lifter or are you investing in the in the organization? Are you making money for the organization? Which like you have Bobby Bolin here for this meet here. Yeah. He doesn't want all that pizzazz because it costs money. Yeah. So if it costs money, then I have to charge more for admissions, I have to charge more for tickets, I have to charge more for just even to go to the meet. So it's like you you have to find a fine balance of like what do the lifters actually need? Mm -hmm. You see Micah Marino yeah. doing stuff for the lifters more so like investing in the lifters yeah. Yeah. to make it an experience for them so it's like because you're not really going to make all that much money in this in this sport right now and people want to make money it's like gee, we're not there yet like yeah no I definitely think it's a balance like I'm cool if you're upcharging but you're going to offer more production value right yeah like I will say the Virginia it. meets like they do put on they one do. hell of a production they do um, so you got to appreciate that but I think there is definitely a balance. What Mike is doing with the – that's the American pro, correct? Yeah. We're one of their sponsors, but all these fucking – I tend to have meets. a whole, like, VIP section. He, with, he like, showed yeah. me – yeah, I, I got a chance to run into him at the Arnold, and he showed me, like, the the event venue. Like, he did the full walkthrough, mm -hmm. showed what they're – like, they're going to have, like, the there's, like, a bar and the, like, restaurant yep. attached. There's a lounge. There's, they got a fucking, like, level. Megatron, Jumbotron. Yep. Jumbotron like, yeah, because it was a <laughs> – from what I understand, it was a movie theater that was revamped into a wrestling arena where they have professional sports. Yeah, like, MMA fights, events. yeah. So they have – that's why they have the Jumbotron is because, you know, during nice. wrestling they always have the – Yep. Yeah. So no, it's, it's going to be sick because I think I, the platform's in the middle, right? And there's going to be like – you're going to be able to like sit around the platform. Wow. That's, that's going to be that's cool. That's the first thing. I, I think it's going to get – come down to like if you, if you got a tiebreaker. We take out the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the cage Drop down. Drop the cage. That Drop would. The cage. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm excited. That's gonna be fun. Definitely different. So you're doing that. Yeah. Who, who else? Who else? John I know Hatch. we have a few people. Oh, John's John, doing it. Johnny Kaufman also. Kaufman. Uh, that's Chad Pension's doing it. Chad Pension. Damn. Yeah. Okay. A lot of big names. Zach Myers. Zach Myers. Myers. He's um, competed here. He's a monster. Chap. Chap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, Chap. Delco strength. You know Dak from Jersey. Delco Jesus. Oh yeah, Dak's doing it too. Oh really? We yeah. know a lot. We yeah. have a lot we're of friends yeah. doing it. It's a that. decent. It's a decent group of people. Damn. I think tomorrow's doing it too. Tomorrow we will definitely. I think tomorrow's definitely doing do that one too. She definitely gonna. Do she's gonna dominate. Like. That's gonna be wild, yeah. actually. How many lifters it's total? A lot. I don't know. I think is it's one twenty. Because Michael lifted the cap what? a little bit. It so. was forty-five not, a day, and then isn't, it's two days, right? It's two, two days. days. It was 45 a day. I think it's going to be slightly more. I don't know. I can't say because we don't know how, like I said, we don't know what the registration is We won't like, know until we get closer. Exactly. Like some people, people will are drop, drop out, out. injuries, yeah. life happens. That's yeah. usually the case. Usually I, I notice it's probably like between a, a 5 and 10%. Like across all the big, the bigger untested meets, it tends to be like 5 to 10%. Because it's like people, you know, they hit a block and prep. And it's weird because like if you're not even in a position where you're going to win Wilkes or make money, like. I would still do it for the experience. Like, yeah. even if I had a shitty meat prep, like, yeah. when I, my prep for the showdown, it wasn't really good. Yeah, my deadlift was kind of like, so some backstory, my training to be a world famous bodybuilder, it took nine and a half months. And during that time, I worked out, but I didn't squat over 315. I benched up to 300, and I didn't deadlift at all because the training was so brutal. Like, I wouldn't have been time. able to get you through that. Recover. So then Damn. I graduated in April of, of last year. And then they invited me to do the showdown, and that was in, like, August, July? End of August, September. Yeah. September. So, literally, I had, like, maybe six, seven weeks to start from ground zero, like, not even powerlift for a year or train in that specificity. 
or specific type of training. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. You know, even if like, even if I don't do good, I haven't ever done, it was my first real big time, big time meet, you know? So I was like, these spirits alone will be worth it, you know? Yeah. And then luckily somehow I like brought it together back on deadlift. But squat and bench, it was just like, Come on, man. The squat flew up. It was, yeah. you sent back. Yeah, it was seven, seven, you hit like a monster back. squat. It's seven, it was 40, seven, like, yeah. 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 It was like 7.33, but it was like his. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's hard because sometimes. Opener. Yeah. So I got to compare myself That's to people at the high end of my, you know, at 275, the top guys, you know? And it's yeah. like, I've talked with people about this before. Like on social media, they only highlight the top 1%, like the guys who are on the cusp of breaking world records. So it's mm -hmm. like the yeah. world record in your weight class 800. Well, if you're squatting 700, you're worthless, right? Like, that's like, – you can – Zach sets the standard on the squat. Yeah, Zach, like Zach's in my weight class, and he squats 880 to 900 in yeah. sleeves. And, like, yeah. so sometimes it's hard. You got to look at it subjectively to yourself. And, like, I mean, to squat 750, 275 is still pretty freaking impressive. But, like, yeah. like you said, though, if you're, if you're competitive, you're going to always try to compare yourself to, to, the, the, best. Elite, to the very best because right, that's elite. what you want to stack up against. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like benches. No, we're not sense. even gonna talk about how I suck up my bench, but you know, like, but I'm it's I'm happy where I'm at, but I still want to improve. And that's it's getting it's there. good to be satisfied. Yeah. But you always you always want to go for more. But a lot of people they just get into a mental rut because they're they have one bad workout or just like I said they compare themselves to people too much instead of just yeah. you got to figure out what works for you. You yeah. got to like track your own progress, and then it all comes together. Then you can start looking. Okay, yeah. this is where I lie. This is how I stack yeah. up. But if you're <clears throat> if everything you do is dictated by what other people are doing, you're never gonna gain ground and no. momentum in your training. It's just yeah, you're gonna oh, get so in your and head. So, yeah. so and so squatting the seven hundreds now. Guess what I have to do to try to like yeah level up to that person. But like, you definitely raise the standards, man. That you are the standard. That's it. No doubt. Today, yeah. Alex, he was training, and for him, it's like he's nineteen years old. I'm almost ten years older than him, and it's like. To re like, I didn't even know what a gym was at that age. I did not know a gym existed. I'd never touched a barbell until I was like 22 or 23. So to me, like I'm telling him like, he's like, oh, this 628, it feels heavy. I'm like, well, yeah, it is. It's 628 pounds. Like 90% of the world population can't even dream of touching that weight and you're doing it for reps yeah. at 19 years old. Like every week, if you're That's consistent with this, when by the time you're my age, you're not gonna, not, you're gonna be untouchable. Like if you're consistent and like build up to that and it's like, sometimes they forget, they get in their head like, oh, I have a shitty workout or one set feels weird. Like, okay. Yeah. Like the, they don't have like the ability to have a short memory. They don't know what their, like what their goals exactly. are. Like yeah. what's your end goal with this? Like, why are you training? It's like, if you know what you're trying to do, well then shut, shut your mouth and do it. It's like, yeah. put in the work, like do what you need to do. Cause it's Time's ticking. Like, yeah. We talk about this a lot on here, actually. It's like, it's kind of like this Instagram era of like, everyone's looking at everyone else. It's inevitable, right? We're all yeah. seeing the highlights. Every session, you got to get yeah. next yeah. level. Yeah. So everyone's chasing that yeah. basically impossible goal. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the, there, there is the positive, right? Because it's like allowed people to like see what is possible and it like people are pushing it to new levels yeah. but the negative is you can get in your head because you'll see somebody well, else they just see people yeah. only post their success highlight they're afraid reel. to yeah. post their failures they're afraid to like yeah. oh this didn't go well it's like that's when you learn the most that's yeah. you'll learn the most from when you fail because the failure shows you what you're deficient at what you need to improve what you need to refine that's, i tell all my clients that that's, they don't want to send me matters. videos of yeah. them failing. every set you yeah. should like record. send me that Watch shit actually, i want to we see need. what I, 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 yeah. that shows me what we need to work on yeah. or improve it's like is, is that whole media thing got it. people insecure they don't want it like even like i'm They're sure they will hide it they won't they won't even send the footage oh yeah we i i have clients I, on your own and i then, find out from other people that like what, a client and failed and, and i'm like why. send me that video that uh, i heard about the other night and they're yeah. like I don't have it i don't know what you're talking about that does happen some people will they'll delete the video i'll be like it happened tonight. You deleted it that's immediately. That's the only thing like, that yeah. matters. Like yeah. that's the stuff that matters. Yeah. That's yeah. the money that's maker. That's the thing you should keep. Exactly. And it's like because uh, those people are the ones who are pushing more in training, and then they go on the platform. They can't give even remotely to what they did in training. It's like, okay, cool. You you pushed in training, but you can't even remotely stack up to what you are on the platform. It's like, who cares? Ed Cohn once said, "It's like it only matters what you do on the platform, and you only have so many of those yeah. pulls or lifts." Yeah. To where you max yourself, like actually push yourself to the limit. Like people like Ashton, they
they give it everything on the platform. They leave it on the platform. Yep. They don't they don't leave it on training. Everything he does looks easy. Everything yep. in training yep. is too standard execution. Yep. Platform is where you you lay it all out. Yeah. You push yourself. So then you look at yourself in the mirror and the next thing you're like, I didn't hold back. Like I gave it everything I had. And now I can move forward, like build up from there. Yeah. It's like because yeah. if you don't know what your limit is, well, you're never gonna really Progress ever like push yourself to exceed that. Yeah. No, that's that's huge. I think that's definitely big. Some people are a little too invested in the whole like Instagram video. They want to yeah. post it and get the likes and the clout. And then on meet day, they're burnt out and they have a shitty performance. And then you and then you get the the long caption of why things didn't <laughs> work out. Or they never do SBDs. They only do one lift at a time. It's like throw in SBDs sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying always, but it's like if you care even remotely about the the whole thing. Like do Gotta something like mimic, yeah, like give point. yourself, mimic, 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 give yourself yeah. like those kinds of standards, like lift to that standard of like, you know what a meet is like, you know how long it runs, it runs for six to eight hours, drag out your session on purpose. I don't like it because it's like it's harder when yeah. you drag it out. I like to do sessions in under three hours because it's, it's just quick, it's faster, yeah. it's easier. Six hours. No, the bigger meets too. Beast. That's national meets. They Eight tend hours. to be a little bit longer. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're How not ready, you, yeah. it's going to you kick your ass. Because like, you can't just eat whatever in between. But you have like two hours to kill. Yeah. It's like, wait, I have to rewarm up again. It's like, I've never done that in training. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, no, right? do that. Do like, that. Like, people that don't. That people, or, let, no. me, let me go real quick. So that's, it's weird. When I train for just deadlifts in a workout, I, I warm up a lot. But like, that's part of why, because I, at the meet, even though I sandbag squat and I PR'd on bench, it was still worth it to me because my nice muscles, primer. after squat and bench, it just primes all those muscles. So then deadlifting in a full meet, I love it because I don't really have to do much to get going because yeah. I'm already, my lats are already firing, my glutes, everything that I need to be firing is already like, it's already been firing from the two lifts prior. Yep. And that's, that's why I feel like I don't really, in a full meet, now we'll see when I push my squat a little more, but I really don't feel like I get much trade-off like it's not like oh i pulled 1025 in a deadlift only i would only pull 980 or 970 like i don't i basically almost got a thousand i came really close to getting a thousand at the showdown and that's when i squatted seven seven thirty and push the lifts yeah, yeah when i was actually pushing it so that shows that like yeah i didn't really get much out of if i would have done deadlift only it wouldn't have like mattered a whole if lot. anything it would be weird just sitting around all day that's why i was like i don't want to sit around until yeah. like two three four o'clock just to deadlift it would honestly yeah. you gotta earn your right more. to deadlift you can't just yeah you can't just walk in i mean i honestly Except feel like if you're, if you're, shit abner, you're allowed if to, i ever do yeah. that you're allowed just to like do you that said you're, you're not warmed up at abner's all abner's built different you're allowed to Ab do abner's like true deadlift specialist he's a turtle shell like he has all the records he has the grip that will crush a <laughs> a bar like he, he's like Ben Steele with his grip like, he does have an insane grip he like but he like seal road he's two about girls to, he's planning out to there. they like sat training. on the ends yeah. he's training to do a full power so like yeah yeah once he gets the taste of full power he definitely oh, they, they don't know yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's about to be like masters PRs oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well one thing I wanted to talk about and is actually one of the questions I like took a little peek on the Instagram questions that we got and this will be good for you as well. But so IPL Worlds, you know, going in, they didn't really say, I, I think they were anticipating using like Texas equipment. Last minute, USPA partnered with Kabuki and they like switched to all Kabuki bars for their like national meets. It's like their new bar sponsor. So Abner's training with a Texas deadlift bar here at Power Build for months and months and months going in to like re-break a world record deadlift. We show up to the meet. And they're like, no, we're actually using a Kabuki deadlift bar. Actually, he's yeah. training on the stiff. He pulls. Well, yeah, so, the, so he's been pulling. But it's still that's a true. Variable. Yeah, that's a so it's a different variable still. It yeah. is a little different. Yeah, just a little backstory. Abner typically trains on a stiff bar just to like better prepare himself. But it was still just like the shock of like, oh shit, we're using a bar that nobody's like, ever even used ever before. Touched. That and was the first time. Like, ever. Well, not just yeah, that. Yeah, so for Abner, like the, bigger, the, the bigger issue for Abner was they they didn't have it in the warm up room. And that yeah. was like, a, that was really in my opinion for him opinion, it would have been enough. Like if he would have had a few reps to just to, to feel figure it, it out. Yeah. Because even Dan, like he had it in the warm up. Oh, room. was that in the warm up he room? Figured it out. So I got to warm up fully with it. Exactly. Yeah. I played with it. So I was, and that was his first time touching it too. Yeah. That's why I was like, I was like. Figure we'll bring it up with Dan, but yeah, I know Abner didn't get a chance to feel it until his first attempt. Mm -hmm. But what was it like for you? Because I know we talked a little bit to Abner, and we'll have him on here, and we'll get his like full 
like feedback on that, but was how how much different was it compared to like a Texas deadlift bar? Like, did you feel, you know, I know you got to warm up with it, but do you think it was good, bad, indifferent? What do you what do you got on that? I mean, I would say indifferent because the way I was starting to I was starting to change my philosophy on how I pulled, so I was starting to become not tentative but more controlled. Because in the past, it's like. I'm a very, I feel like I'm a very fast twitch lifter. So like to me, I'd always try to explode and spread the floor as hard as possible. And that's great. But then getting to your knees, even with a Texas, the whip can still get you. So I've started to become more and more like patient off the ground and not worrying about really forcing off the floor, but just maintaining the position of my hips so that at lockout, my hips aren't too high or too low. And yeah. that'll mess with me like in the efficiency of my lockout. I would say warming up with it, it just, it felt weird because even you know, five, 600 pounds, the whip was already noticeable at that weight. And I ended up pulling over a thousand. So I was like, if I'm pulling 600 and the whip's already like, whoa, this is there. I knew like, as I got heavier, I was going to have to be more and more like particular with feeling my body as I broke the floor with it. Cause if I get even a little bit of excited and it just a little too much speed off the ground, I knew it would, I'd probably fail a lockout just because I knew the amount of whip would be hard to overcome if I locked it out and I wasn't in the best position to hold the weight. Yeah. So, but by my last warm up of 880, I was like, okay, I got this. Like I, it, it moved pretty, obviously moved pretty good. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think I know what to do. Just like now all I think about in deadlifting is just about being patient off the ground. Cause I've been doing, <laughs> I've been pulling the same way for like five years. So like my neurological, like my form and technique is so ingrained. I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. So when I deadlift, I think about maybe one cue, whether it's, Whatever thing I need to think about most, that's the one thing I like cue in my brain. But like, you know, packing my lats, spreading the floor, wedging, all that Second stuff just nature. comes intuitively mm -hmm. because you do hundreds. It's like the 10,000 hour rule, right? Yep. You do hundreds of thousands of reps and then you reach to a point, And this kind of happened around two years ago where I stopped really having to like think about, okay, I need to do all these things. I was just doing them yeah. and it almost freed up space in my mind to where I could apply it's kind of like when you're overthinking when you lift, I feel like it slows down your like everything. It throws the mo just the yeah, motor when you're patterns. Too much, like, okay, okay, like you know. But when in you just yeah. when you do a nice fluid motion, you're just more you're more locked in, and I feel like it just that's helped me a lot too. Is not because squat and bench, I still have ways to go to get that point because mm -hmm. I've been trying. Like I said, I keep squat and bench. I'm like, oh, let me try this new technique fix, and it may or may not work. But then it's like I got to do that much more reps till I get to where like it's deadlift, where literally I'm just. I'm so confident and so so meticulous with my pull, there's really not a lot I have to think about. And when people ask me, it's so hard because like I'll try and make like deadlift videos in the future about technique, but it's almost like I have to think back to like six, seven years ago. That's the last time I really had to think about like beginner cues. Yeah, like step by step. Because ever since yeah. then I've just been grinding and doing the same thing over and over again. And now it's like people are like, What is what are the most beginner cues that would help me? I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe pack like I just try, I'll look online, I'll be like, beginner cues that most people tell, <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm very advanced now, so what yeah. I, what I have, what worked for me back then, it's just like, I probably, I might have stuff written down somewhere, but like, what I did six, seven years ago, it's kind of hard to remember sometimes, because it's been a while since I had to like, yeah. think about when I first started sumo deadlifting, what was really what I focused on, I mean, deadlift has always come kind of natural to me, even when I pulled conventional, like I, I started conventional, I, I got up to like 770, <laughs> before I ever even tried sumo. So it's not like I dealt to 400 pounds and then I did sumo and all of a sudden I'm over 800. Yeah. Like I was getting back problems, which looking back, it was cause I didn't know how to brace correctly and I was hunching my back too much. Yeah. I wasn't lats. backing my lats yeah. and keeping my chest up. So I probably could have stuck with conventional. Like and beginner. No, for sure. That's where we all yeah. get in trouble. We're all fucking yeah, yanking like, on yeah, the bar, lats aren't engaged about, yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I, yeah. I knew my form was kind of up but I was like, eh, you know, and then Someone suggested try sumo, and I did. And the moment I did, it just felt it felt way more natural. It was one of those things where I was like, "Well, I don't want to hurt my back again." And yeah. six, eight months after doing sumo, that's when I was like, "Okay, I think I can, I can progress with this." And that's and I, I did reverse grip in the beginning too. Like I did reverse grip the first few years, but then I would just my underhand would just start what's it called airplaning. Yeah, or you get a helicopter effect. Because yeah. I, I developed this to this day. I have a really I'm probably over-exaggerating, but it feels like my right lat just opens up a lot more. Like, yeah. when I bench and squat, naturally, like, my right lat wants to take over. Because my left lat, it feels like it's more locked up. Mm -hmm. My right lat, it just opens more. It's wider. Yeah. So that causes me problems with squat and bench. On deadlift, I can kind of overcome it. But I've been doing 
like I've talked to Stephanie and I do stuff to try to open up, trying to get that mobility in, in my left side to hopefully get my lap more even with my right. Yeah, I think I have a little imbalance from the over-under days. Hook, yeah, grip, I mean, hook grip's a game changer. It is. It try is, and tell everyone, go hook. I'm not just saying everybody should, but if you're – if you have big enough hands, like if yeah. you have moderate, you don't need to have gigantuan. No, no. You know, nope. I have a bunch of girls that do hook now. Like, yeah, they. And just, they always say, you know, the Chinese weightlifter who's 100 pounds does it. So, yeah. I mean, if they can find a way, most people can. Yeah. But in my opinion, it's all about just as long as your thumb, because yeah, having long fingers is important. I mean, it would make kind of sense. But honestly, when I hook, I put the bar kind of near the crease of my thumb. That's where. I'm like hook gripping. I'm like, okay, I'm lining up with the crease of my thumb. Yeah. And then you put it middle index, whichever finger you're most comfortable with. But yeah. it's I always say middle, make that middle finger the main connection. You yeah, know, index finger is kind of yeah. like that support. And These those, you don't even need. You just exactly. Cut those I tell people that. Stay relaxed because you're putting this leg, then they just sit on yeah. those two fingers right there. Yeah, because when people see me photos, like when I, in any of my world records, You'll see the bar, and these two fingers are like almost like sliding off. Yeah. And people are like, why is that? But it's because They're this is all, you yeah. only need the tension from your one or two fingers that are actually connected to your thumb. Because as long as as long as this is connected to the bar, yep. you're locked. Like I could literally probably it would be dumb as fuck, but like I could probably sumo like this, yeah, and the bar would not fall out of my hands because yeah. like this is the one or two fingers connected to your thumb. That's all that matters in terms of like locking it in. Yeah. Why I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble. They try and like over grip no their there's thumb. There's no need that you don't need to twist all the way and you don't need to take a firm grip. Yeah, I see people do that. It kind of, I mean, maybe if you struggle to like, <clears throat> maybe it's kind of a cue to get your lats going. Yeah. But that's why I like at the top, I'll already start tucking them. Mm -hmm. And then I go down and I'm still feeling my lats. And once I set my grip, I just think about, when I think about bringing my chest up, it naturally, it naturally locks my lats in. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't use my, I don't turn my arms to make that happen. I just think squeeze about squeeze the lats. Squeeze the lats, yeah. like, and when you think chest up, normally your lats wanna yeah. naturally go down there. Yeah, I think the big thing too, and you kind of talk about this a little bit, was like the cues. A lot of people are just like over cueing things, yeah, like too no, many yeah. fucking cues. There's oh, like yeah. nine yeah, different yeah, things we're so thinking much. about. You can it's, really it's only one focus. Simple. It's yeah. one it's, movement. You're yeah. picking your. You're picking weight up off the ground and you're locking it out. It's one synchronized movement. Yeah. The the only cue is hook and push. Yeah. That's, that's no, but what, there's no pool. But, but you have a point. Push. Like honestly, in terms of your brain, you can only really. Th you were gonna say two or three things, right? No, I was gonna say like one to two. One to two, two yeah. tops. When, like, it, when it comes to that, yeah, your your brain is too focused. Like you're doing stuff your body has done. That's where the repetition is the mother of learning. You do so many reps to where you get to a point where you can execute without thought. Yeah. You don't have time to think when you're moving loads like that. When you say loads, like maximal load, like mm -hmm. sub-maximal, maximal load, whatever that is, anything over 90%. If you're moving whatever that is relative to you, you can't think about it. You have to just do it. Yeah. It's you, There's no time to think about it. It's like, yeah. that's not the time to think. Doing Record it and then watch it later and think about it later. Yeah. And when that adrenaline, that's the thing too. So that's, that's honestly why I feel like I always, it's very substantial in deadlift, but even squat and bench. Like squat, I usually get 20 to 30 more pounds than a meat. Bent, it's usually like 10, 15 pounds, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's less weight yeah. per my max. And then deadlift, it's like I usually get 40 to 50 pounds more than a meat. But I think it's mainly because of like the fight, fight or flight. Like because when your adrenaline goes through you, that can be a very powerful tool if you know, if you don't let it consume you. But like I feel the anxiety yeah. and the nerves. It's not nerves, but like it's just your body telling you you're about to do something you've never done before. And your body, I feel like it's like a primitive thing. Like your body, no, like, sure. yeah. you know, I may get hurt. I may, like, not survive. So your body's way to cope with that is to kind of rev you up mentally to where it, it feels like, oh, my stomach feels weird and all this other stuff. But how you perceive that, like, if you tell yourself, you know, these feelings are normal because I'm about to do something. I'm about to try to better myself in some way. It's just like in anything yeah. you're, like, you're scared of speaking in front of people. That's because it's an unknown to you. Yeah. And, like, back, back way long ago and anything you did that was foreign you could possibly get injured or killed so like i feel like it's like a subconscious part of your body but if you don't let that over consume you that adrenaline and fight or flight can really help you now i'm not saying 40 50 pounds i just feel like i tend to overthink things sometimes but at a meet my mind is just blank because i'm in front of a crowd like yeah. i'm feeding off the energy i'm not a hype lifter i'm not yelling and just grunting and stuff 
But I'm like low key, just like vibing in my own in my well, own trust head. Me, a little more eternal. Seeing, yeah, yeah. Seeing and this guy like, showing up at a local meet to pull an all-time record, like time stop. Everybody pull out their phone and just start <laughs> no, screaming. No, the best part was no, after, So afterwards, it's like going from a 300 kilo pull to a 430 kilo <laughs> opener. You know. No, the funniest. And this is why, you notice you go to high-level meets where they're drug tested or untested. The IQ of the people there is substantial, right? Because yeah. they follow on Instagram and they know the top lifters have said weight class. But, like, at the local meet, you know, a lot of people that are just not really familiar with powerlifting. Like, after I pulled 1,025, people were asking me, oh, darn, you know, like, you're at a local meet, so that only counts as a state record. And I'm just, in my head, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not even going to get mad because they don't understand, like, I mean, they probably ever seen, haven't ever seen that before, but yeah. they honestly didn't know, like, they didn't know how big of a deal that was. Yeah. But I wasn't about to tell everyone. No, actually, like, that, I, was just, I was just like, that's yeah, a you know, it's a state record. record. Yeah. You know, that's that's the, also like, the, I think the record hasn't been broken in like 15 years. So oh, no, yeah. the, the like, longest it lasting But it's also ever. one of those things of like people get in their heads. Oh, I'm a national champion. It's like, because you did a national level meet, but your record's not like open powerlifting. That's the only national record or records that matter. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not in top five in open powerlifting, no one cares who or what you are. Yeah. Ooh, I'm a five times national champion. Okay, what's your open powerlifting ranking? Oh, 27? Okay, cool. You're not relevant. Yeah, that's it's it. like, yeah. Derek talks about it a little bit sometimes a lot, but it's like, what is your open powerlifting? Like, if you care about that stuff. Like, yeah. some people don't care about lifting like that. That's fine. You're allowed to lift and not care about it. I'm one of those people. But it's like, you have people who do care about it. And it's like, the only ranking that matters is open powerlifting. Yeah. And not like all the subdivisions. Like, no, no yeah. just in the weight class, that's it. Tested or untested, whichever side you're on. In that weight class, that's it. Open. If you're, if you're in top five, sure, you're relevant. If you're if you're not like I don't care that you're a national champion because you're not necessarily going up against the best of the best. It's you're going up against people who were able to afford to buy a ticket to go to this meet. <laughs> yeah. You're not the best of the best. Yeah. It's like that's you want to be the best of the best. Show can, it on can, open powerlifting. Like yeah. That, so that that's where it matters. And that's like, a good segue into the whole. There's a 90 federations in powerlifting. Yes. Yeah. So cool. like yeah. it's more accessible. It, like. Angelo Fortino, I think, says it. It makes powerlifting more accessible to the common people. Yeah. Some states don't have enough referees for different feder within different federations. So having more federations, you have you're opening the door to more people to like be more competitive, if you will. Yeah. Do this more for fun. Like see what it feels like. What can I do in a meet setting? More so federations think, is it makes the sport more available to people. Yeah. But then once they're in that community, they realize oh, this is where the elites are at. This is where the good people are at. Like, this is where the best drug tested is. This is where the best of the best is. Yeah. It's like, figure out what you want to do then and then pursue that. It's like, but recognize that the only records that matter are all-time world records across all federations, across all time. That's yeah. it. No one cares about any other records. You might care about it for yourself, but, like, that's not the standard. That is maybe your limit, but that's not the what the standard is. It's, like, it's essentially yeah. like smaller leagues, right? I, yeah, I guess that's, that's a good way to cool. look at it's it. Nice. You have like it's nice your, to have that. Yeah, you have your top tier, which are probably what? I would say USAPL, USPA. WRPF. WRPF seems to be like... America is growing because internationally WRPF is higher. Yeah, it seems like that was definitely a little more international, but now it's definitely making, you know, it's it's stamping its place in America, especially like American Pro, I think is going to be a big... Thank you, Micah. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, he's been killing it, doing a lot. I think he's actually the WRPF president. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he's... the Drug Tested Federation. Because now he's... This year, he started the Drug Tested WRPF. No, he's doing a ton for the people, like, for the lifters. And he's coming over for, like, if people don't know who Micah Marino is, he's actually, like, Las Vegas. That's where he's... That's where he lives. I don't know if he's from there, but he lives yeah, there. That's he's, where he's. No. Yeah. He has a gym there, fighter quit. Yeah. So I'll and he's coming there in October to Virginia. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. WRPF national. Oh really? I did it last week. I think he was trying it's to cool. get. It'll yeah, he fun. reached out to us. He was trying to get like a bunch of people from here to mm. go, out. go out, and we were thinking about it, but we had just went to USPA Nats in Cali, and yeah. that's like right when he reached out. And we we're like, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna be able to like pull the crew together and roll yeah. out to Vegas again. Like, you can only do so many functions back. Yeah, to back to back. it's like the traveling. Yeah, it's a pretty good expense. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's killing it. I think it's yeah, 
it's just interesting to kind of see. I never, I didn't really think about it. Like, I like how you kind of explained it there. It's kind of it definitely gives more people opportunity with having and all these federations. Newbies, like a lot of newbies in the sense of new people to lifting. One, he, what he brought back, stage fright. Like, people don't like to necessarily speak in public, or but it's the same thing. It's you're performing in front of a crowd. Yeah. You don't necessarily want cameras and lights all at you. Like, some people like the low-level local meets where they can – taste get a taste of what it's like no. without yeah. the extreme like oh mm. yeah this is no. too much like because cool like american pro like it's cool but or virginia pro they did mm -hmm. but i personally don't want a camera following me from when i snort pneumonia to when i get <laughs> to the platform like yeah. cool some people like that some yeah. people dig that some people feed from that i don't like i don't like I do better when no one's Cramp? watching, no one's yeah, looking at me. You cramping? You need, some, you need some water? Can we get him a bio get, steal? Yeah, can we get him some water? I'm a water? medic. I got you. <laughs> we need a medic started, here. Oh, wait. I'm the medic. I started bending my leg and my hamstring just sits up. Well, in the arms of an A bio angel. steal, one of our sponsors. Oh, there you go. Wait, oh, actually a sponsor? Wait, wait. What is this? They are one of our sponsors you yeah, for, for our meats. It's not milk? Oh, I thought it was milk. If they want to sponsor our podcast, we'll accept that as well. What? After well, I deadlift, like hours after, it's either my back or my hands. Why are you just deadlifting a house? It just locks up when I'm just chilling on the couch. <laughs> no, that's the worst, though. No, it's like even right now, like I'm more sore from the the snatch grips than the actual sumo. It's like, yeah. Well, snatch grip, dude, just wrecks, wrecks you. It builds character. It, it, it builds a you. lot of character. It, character. it shows you. Yeah. That you're not actually as strong as you think you are. I like. Uh, it does. It humbles you. I program a lot of uh, snatch grip RDLs. It's, it's, it's one like of my favorites. Snatch grip nice. or conventional is like that's how you build strength. You get stronger doing that. Sumo is like it's just it's a variation that is competition approved that allows you to optimize the strength you have if you to its limit. Yeah. That's that's all it is. It's like you're not necessarily stronger because you're pulling more sumo. It's like you learn how to optimize your strength that you've developed. Correct. Yeah. To push more load. That doesn't mean you're stronger. It's just all my like high level sumo deadlifters, they know after they compete, they're getting some conventional work following. Oh yeah. Them. You oh, got yeah. it. No. Conventional is oh, yeah. the foundation. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're conventional as shit, you have absolutely no business doing sumo. Yeah. Master conventional before you even think about doing sumo because it's the foundation for sumo. You wanna get good at sumo? Build the base. Build the foundation, build a base. Have some muscle. Don't look like a skinny dweeb. Yeah. It's like put on, put on some muscle. Like I'm not saying get I'm fat, but I'm like triggered. <laughs> I'm triggered. triggered. My condolences, not yeah. my fault. <laughs> oh man. So did you guys? That's it's uh, interesting to kind of bring up. But did you guys all start conventional? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I feel so like, like yeah, I feel I like everyone. I didn't know what a deadlift bar was. I didn't know what a deadlift bar was until like I'm in this four years into lifting. Yeah. Yeah. My first start. My first two, two and a half years, because I started at 19, and it was like when I was about right before the Marine Corps when I joined, that's when I kind of started playing with sumo. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't regret anything because this doing conventional first, I don't want to say it's easier, but like the, the basics, it just seems like. Teaches you proper And it's weird. Bracing. I've never heard. Teaches you know you people have actually done sumo before conventional? Well, they, they, they make this. Nowadays. They make, nowadays. They, make, they, make, they, they make the switch oh, wow. out two plates. The, yeah, three they, plates, yeah. four plates. Never even I switched when I exactly 500 pounds, and they start doing sumo, was or they stop training conventional. Like even <clears> if you like, okay, you might get to a three fifteen, four or five conventional, but then they switch to sumo and they stop doing conventional. Period. And then the conventional like, go down. No, you do both. It's yeah. like, but it's gonna take you a, a, a lot of time to yep. build sumo. It's yeah, I like feel like the, you limit it's your like that, it's like your that ceiling. Whiskey. Like that, it's like you that do. whiskey. Yeah. I made the switch at 500 for 14 years. 500 for 14 years. Sumo. It's not. It's not like tequila. It's this is not a sumo like, bottle. It's like sumo. <laughs> sumo. Yes, you. You. You gotta take time. It's. Makers it is like a conventional. Years. This is a conventional whiskey. <laughs> this is a sumo. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> what do you guys say uh, when I'm sure you all get the sumo is cheating comment? <laughs> what are your? Because, do you guys respond to that anymore? Of, Define cheating. Of -bomb. Come on. Define oh, really? like all those, all those like kids on uh, TikTok now, just just like oh, C bomb said it, it's cheating, it's cheating. Obviously, he was he was making a joke. Oh right? really? But yeah. I didn't see that. C bomb also doesn't compete in powerlifting. He so. doesn't. He just pulls. And, he, yeah. and just because he said it's cheating does, doesn't. So mean, does that mean that he thinks he can pull, he pull more? more? No. Probably not. Yeah. No. They're, like, just, they're just assuming. That's, he that's, just like arrogant statements like that are made by a lot of people. Social media. But define cheating. 
like easier within the rules within the rules of powerlifting. I'm not breaking any rules, so it's like I compete according to the rules. Yeah. Yeah, that's the is biggest. it easier? No, it's different. Different, I agree. It's actually it's not more harder. Or it's more I think it's, it's harder. Different. I just it's, like it's, leverage wise for me and my mobility wise. Like, I, I mean, I I've gotten close. My best sumo is like seven twenty seven. My best conventional seven forty four. Okay. So I mean, I got close, but it conventional just the conventional seven forty four felt easier than the seven twenty seven. There you go. Yeah, so. your build's better to conventional. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, I just think a lot of it's a lot of it's on body types because you know normally the guys with the longer hips and. Uh, Longer arms and hips, you know, they tend to do conventional. Like, I I feel like sumo is more suited for me because I feel like I have, I don't know, maybe a short, but at least a normal-sized torso, and I have short legs. Mm-hmm. So it's just when I wedge, I'm just so – I'm already so close to the, bar. Close to the bar. That's why I'm yeah. always bleeding because I get in such a position where I'm so locked into the bar. And I feel like a lot of that is just my body type, you know. Yeah. But not everybody – and you don't have to go super wide. Like, like I now I kind of – I'm maybe like a quarter of an inch in, but as I've gotten bigger, I realized I don't need to go pushing the collars, but now I'm like a half inch or sometimes even yeah. three quarters of an inch from the ball collars. Like my body changes. So when I'm over 270, I, I bring it in slightly because it's just, you get big enough in certain places. You're stuck enough. You start yeah. feeling inhibited and you don't need to go as wide to get the same effect like stacked of your muscles. I think that's yeah. like a common misconception. Everyone's like, wider is better. No, like, no, no, not really. Then not you're for just relying on lateral exa- tension. Is yeah, like, and then, lateral tension is cool until it's not. It's like then, it works. Yeah, until it works it until it doesn't anymore. It doesn't budge. Yeah. And it's you put so much pressure on your femurs and your hips and your pelvis. It's like and your knee joints. It's not for necessary. No you want to be in a position where you're consistent. You're stacked. And when I say stacked, it's like the force transfer from the ground into the joints into, into the, the muscles. muscles. <clears throat> is consistent carries over you're not losing force yeah when you when you're relying too much on lateral tension you feel powerful initially but then you're probably not going to be in a position where you're going to be able to lock out sumo when done consistently like efficiently if you break the ground you're going to lock out it gets easier because the force transfer you become more stacked yeah you become more efficient it's just there's no reason why you wouldn't lock out if you don't lock out the, like you'd have to look at that video again and see what happened. What went wrong? Did you, did you stop holding on to the bar? Did you pass out? Did yeah. you shit yourself? It's like <laughs> maybe the happened? whip. Maybe the whip gets you. That's probably. Yeah. Yeah. But then that yeah. that if the whip gets you, then that just exposes that you're not technically yeah. proficient. Just yeah. rushing. There's the whip is irrelevant. If you're a proficient sumo pooler, whip is irrelevant. It's like I exhibit A myself. I just touched the kabuki bar just now, first time ever. And I did not have any issues in the sense of IPR. Not that like that's relevant. It's like, but it's like, it didn't affect how I start. It actually makes it. It allows you to be, have a higher starting position. But that's also it puts you in a position where you might move more off the floor, then you can actually lock out and you can brace. I think it's less. It's more dangerous to use that bar because it's so, so spicy. Yeah. You can move more weight, but can you actually control it? Yeah. yeah. But you won't know if you can control it until you finish. And that's risky. Like, it's like if you want to make that risk, it's like life is all about risk. Like, yeah. And one, yeah. And one thing, too, is like, so what I said in the vlog that will be posted whenever in the future, in the next few days or in the next week of me deadlifting, like, I don't know, in the moment, it's like, you know, when you got adrenaline <clears throat> shit going, your mind's kind of murky. And I said, like when I did my first set of seven with the Kabuki bar, I noticed it bounced, but I feel like part of that is the, wh- the extra whip in the bar, but also the platforms here are Yeah, they bounce. Even a stiff bar today, so, like every, I have to so like, So yeah, cause normally I, I lift on platforms that are like normally just normal, like not bouncing it, bouncy like in the same way. Yeah. So, but it probably still, the amount of whip, it can still kind of shift at the bottom. But if you're using a, a kabuki bar on a bouncy platform, yeah, things like every rep you would see, I had to like physically pull the bar like a half inch back into place. Yeah. And the fact that I even the seventh rep, obviously it wasn't a legit rep, but like the fact that I did six reps when literally like every rep I do it, I set it down, it would shift like half an inch, and I was like, no, no, yeah. like it was it was frustrating. But then the next two sets, I kind of like is that the most reps with 800 period ever? Yeah, I mean eight, eight fifteen eight was eight fifteen or eight twenty. 8.15. 8.15 for 7? Yeah. 
Yeah, most seven. That's bag yeah. That is fun. last week. I did seven eighty for eight. But, that but, was but, but that was after like, nine fifteen for triple. Yeah, and then I did seven fifty for seven, and then six ninety five. It was supposed to be seven sixteen. Like, more, more, more reps in one I, set than people do for total volume. Dude, that is disturbing. Yeah, and it's like I said on my story on Instagram the other day. Like I, I hate on excess of like frequency and volume, but it's like you got to be subjectively look at yourself. So like for me. Like squat and bench, I, bench is so hard for me with volume because I lose my breath and I lose mm. my tightness, and then it just turns into me just like shoulders take a beating. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, like it's smaller muscles, mm -hmm. you, like you get tired easily. Yeah. yeah, but on deadlift, I am starting to be able to tolerate a little more because I'm, I'm at the level now where I can't just. But honestly, I remember in 2020 when I broke my first two all-time world records in the same meet. I did 9:33 and 9:48. Like I really didn't. I would do one top set, maybe one back down set during a workout, and that's if I felt like it. Like yeah. that's if I wasn't beat up incredibly from work. And I got to that level doing, you know, pretty I'd say pretty minimal volume. But then the last year and a half, my recovery's improved because of the less running too. But I came to a point where I'm like I have to like I have to create more of a stimulus cuz you can't yeah. I mean, gotta be more precise. Yes, it's people like, say with deadlift you, gotta, you can you're do doing less. something new. With deadlift, you can obviously you shouldn't do five sets of eight on deadlift, but like you do need to do a, at least a certain amount of volume to create that stimulus because yeah. you're not you can't just do singles and doubles all the time and think you're gonna get stronger. Yeah, you, you can do that for a period of time, but then once you stagnate, you're gonna be like, okay, well I need to I need to make something up because. It's like doing the same thing you always had. You're going to get the same thing you've always done of an yeah. outcome, you know? I definitely – we got to get into, like, the frequency, and I want to talk to all you guys about, like, frequency and volume and stuff because I think that's always, like, a topic that mm -hmm. people, you hear them, some are low, we some are different. high. We're different. But we, to answer it simply, like, not answer it, but, like, bring a caveat into it. It's like learn your body. Understand your own body. Understand yourself. How do you respond to training? Don't just be, like, an idiot and, like, oh, coach told me to do this. That's why I'm doing it. Okay. But – be aware of your own body like be your own advocate yeah. recognize what works for you like see what hey coach this worked better for me last block or it didn't it's like or it's like be aware of like hey this is actually benefiting me it was like i recognize that i'm making improvement like significant progress with this method of training yeah stick with Gotta it auto regulate like, like, you you need to you need to be your own advocate first and foremost it's like even if you have a coach or if you're self-coached like even more so so, yeah, I think it's so individual. So exactly. individual. And, and people why, are afraid to know themselves. Yeah. Like, and that's why for so long I did so little volume because I was improving. So I was like, yeah, most people don't do this little volume, but I was improving and I was working. Free. I don't need to. Yeah. You know, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And exactly. then once I got to that point, I'm like, exactly. okay, I need to go to, to the next course of action. But yeah. like, yeah. it's like I see so many people, it seems like it's popular nowadays, probably from a lot of people in USAPL. Like, they're squatting three, four times a week, they're deadlifting seven out, times a week. Two, yeah. three times a week, they're benching four or five times a week. <laughs> Every and day. I've I've tried so I squat once a week I bench twice a week and I deadlift once a week I've I've tried in various periods of time to squat twice a week or deadlift twice a week and both I squatted twice a week actually last summer for my prep but I think ultimately that just fatigue and just like I, I ended up pulling my quad after six or seven weeks of squatting twice a week because the yeah. fatigue I just couldn't recover from and then deadlifting the weights I'm doing now is same just, muscles yeah they're still and being maybe used. if for me to really do it, I'd probably have to scale back and take six, eight, ten months. But I'm not. I feel like I don't need to do that because, like I said, what I what I've been doing was working. But it's yeah. always like mm -hmm. you fantasize about, oh, maybe more maybe could be do, better. If I do this one little thing, maybe it's going to match. someone else do it. <laughs> I mean, Joe Schmo. If they do it, then I'm going to be able to do it. It's right. like all-time world record holder. <laughs> but like, it's all variable. I think part of it's probably genetic. Part of it's like. In the past, your work capacity and what you can tolerate. Experience level. Like, with you hitting the numbers you're hitting, like, I just – it, I can't imagine you need to do the same volume. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, but it's like yeah. it took him years to get to that. Like, yeah. Not just, like, two, three. It's, like, almost almost a decade. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's been a time. People want the stuff, the progress, the results. Those, those same leaps of, like, oh, I added 50 keys to my total – in weeks it's like no months isn't even going to be the answer like yeah. no it's gonna take years and yeah. it's like you're gonna be in it for the long haul it's like yeah. are you ready really, like suck it up yeah like and get training that's why they call it training yeah. they don't call it and that's all right guys we've been rolling for a while this is going to be the end of part one part two will be coming next week for part one we wanted to do a giveaway with our boy roman he's hooked yeah. up with performance iq he's an electrolyte supplement follow them yeah. Buy from them. We'll tag them below, so you're too. you're not substandard. What is it, at Performance IQ on yep. Instagram? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty easy. 
I seen it in your bio, that's why I know that I do research. But anyway, Performance IQ is gonna give away a supplement. You can win. All you have to do is obviously be a subscriber to the channel, and then in the comments, we want you to write, don't be substandard, because that's our boy Roman's little motto. Yes, can be substandard. And if you are substandard, I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> and we might have conversations. <laughs> But so, more than anything, I might just throw a plate at you and something and tell your deficiencies and then and then walk off. 45-pound plate, too. But we appreciate no, you. the 25 kg. Oh, 55. 25 kg. He wants I'm that not, extra. No, discus throw. Like, no. Discus We're next throw. level. 50 kg. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Respectfully. God, that's we we, we bust out every time. You know every time Fatal. we come down, we bust out the 50 kgs. <laughs> the 50 yeah. kgs. Those are nasty. Watch your toes if you're ever using them. But anyway, appreciate you guys watching. Subscribe, like, comment, hit the notifications bell. We'll see you in part two. Peace.